All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have a special uh, special podcast episode today. I'm joined with Brittany C. Uh, quick introduction for everybody listening. Brittany is my business partner, co-founder of Ascent Digital, our vice president of operations, um, our ads specialist. I'm trying to think what else, but you know, pretty the much list, everything. Yeah, the <laughs> list is long for for the hats that she wears. Um, but some background: Brittany has a degree in psychology and five plus years in professional digital marketing experience. Worked with hundreds of businesses all over the country, different industries, different strategies, different tactics. She knows what she's talking about is my point. Um, and so we're going to have a little bit of fun today. We're going to have a different style uh, podcast episode, but we thought it'd be fun for Brittany and I to do a Q&A frequently asked questions session on common marketing questions, frequently asked marketing questions and things like that. Um, trying to share some of the experience that we've had, you know, over the last, and Brittany and I, by the way, have worked together for, for over five years. Um, and so we've, we've seen a few things, you know, here and there. So we thought it'd be kind of fun. Um, so one of the things, what I'll, and we'll, the way we're going to format it is, uh, bounce back and forth. I'll I'm, I'm going to ask first. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask you. <laughs> and then you can decide. We've got our questions written. Do we want to go in order? Do we want to like randomly ask each other questions? However you want to format it. Um, I think we can go in order unless you see something on the on the sheet that you want to ask. Like, cool. I, I mean, might as well go in order. And if we don't want to ask one of the questions, we can skip it and come back to it. Cool. So, yeah. Sounds awesome. You're asking the first question? Yeah. All right, I'm ready. All right, be ready. <laughs> How long has your agency been in the digital marketing industry? Uh, well, Ascent Digital was founded in 2021, so we're now in our third year, which sounds sounds crazy. But yeah, three, three years for Ascent Digital. Um, but before that, we were working for a corporate-backed agency. I worked there for almost 10 years. You worked there for three. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah. Three years for Ascent Digital. Nice. Um, let's see. Oh, we're going in order. Um, I'm going to jump down to digital marketing questions. Okay. You okay with that? Yeah. Um, how has the landscape of digital marketing evolved in the past 10 years? Well, I think that um, digital marketing has evolved uh, because it's – it's kind of become, it used to be where you could choose to have digital marketing with your traditional forms of marketing like print and radio and everything like that. But then digital marketing actually started trumping all of those things. Um, and it just became, if you don't do digital marketing, then you're not gonna compete at all with other comp like other competitors in your industry. And so, and we saw that a lot with COVID. Um, I remember you and I were still grinding during COVID with our other agency and it was because um, like everyone was buying online because we couldn't go anywhere. Um, and so if we found 
I remember it was very prevalent that the people that pulled out during COVID, pulled all their marketing spend out and stopped advertising, actually didn't make it. Their business failed. And so all the people that actually just dove, dove in and put more budget in and actually trust the process, they were the ones that thrived through COVID. And um, so there's that, like digital marketing just became the most prevalent form of marketing because everyone was doing everything online. Um, but then uh, video, video took over. If you don't have video in your strip marketing strategy, then you're not going to stand out at all throughout all of the noise on the internet. Um, we found that with all of our advertising. Um, I found that reels do so much better for uh, Facebook and Instagram ads, TikTok ads, LinkedIn ads. Um, as long as it matches the format of the regular feed, people are more likely to engage with those ads. Um, and then lastly, uh, sorry, I'm like <laughs> talking too much. Um, chat GPT, like AI, has really um, come into in, in the last like couple of years that has really changed uh, the way we do everything. I think um, ChatGPT for ad copy is really helpful because it knows the algorithm. It combs the internet for the answers to everything, and it knows what people are most likely to engage with. So um, I think it's just going to continue to evolve, and we have to stay up with the industry trends. Yeah. Just a quick anecdote on that. But when I graduated with my degree in marketing, I didn't even have a smartphone yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it just tells you how, you know, how rapidly things have evolved and that was 13 years ago so you know in the last decade we didn't even have smartphones you know they weren't as popular so it's just an example of rapid evolution and there's so much more evolution like you just brought up mobile is a huge factor so like serving ads directly to people's devices um with device id targeting micro proximity like all of that um in their apps um on whatever sites they're on in the internet um on YouTube, on social media, like everything, like it's just evolved completely to where like you have to be online to thrive. So it's a great answer. (laughs) Thanks. It was long and it made me stop breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. What industries have you worked with before? Um, well, we work with, when I say we work with all sorts of different agencies or let me start that over. Um, when I say we work with businesses in all different industries, I really mean it. Um, we've worked with everybody from e-commerce brands, retail businesses, home services, uh, what I would consider professional services, B2B industries. I'm, I'm trying to think actually if there's an industry that we haven't worked with. If I had to say that we specialize in something, it's probably home services um, or professional services like real estate or, you know, more of the, I don't know, service based industries more so than than product, but not by a lot. There's. I mean, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I remember at one point we were trying to figure out what our niche I- industry was, and we said planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I, yes. What, what we like to work with is things that we have fun doing, yeah. too. Yeah. Anytime we get to ride in a helicopter or, you know, ride behind a motorcycle or ride on a train or whatever, it's definitely at the, definitely at the top of our list. Yeah. So, yeah, all, all, all sorts of different industries. Yeah, I 
I don't know if there is one that we haven't worked with, but I'm sure it will arise yeah. eventually. Yeah. So. Um, tell me your approach to, to developing a digital marketing strategy. Yeah. Um, and for our whole agency. So we actually have a really foolproof process in the sales piece of it. Um, and I think you should speak to this more, but I'll, I'll do it because I used to do sales for marketing. Um, so we start with a discovery meeting with a client to figure out what their their goals are, uh, what they've tried in the past and what worked and what didn't work, um, who their target audience is. Um, just like we try to really dive in and hear from the client on what they're looking for and what they need. And then from there, uh, we, we diagnose our discussion with them, but then we also do competitive an, a competitive analysis. And so we'll go in and see what their competitors are doing in their industry. We'll look at keywords they're bidding on. We'll look at budget that they're putting into. We'll look at their website to see what the UX experience is. Um, we'll look at social media strategy, trends that are happening within that industry. We really do a deep dive into what they're doing and what their competitors are doing. Um, and then from there, we pair from we take our experiences as well, like what's worked with other industries that we've worked with in the past. And then we take what our research brought to the table and what our discussion brought to the table. And then we, we pair a strategy tailored to that client. It's, it's not a one size fits all. And we've learned that in the past and that's how we've structured our agency to basically give the client exactly what they need rather than a full funnel, like rather than like a set package that they have to do rather. We do know that full funnel strategy with video, like a video retainer paired to it works the best and that's what we try to get all of our clients to do but we understand that not everyone has that large budget and so we want to meet you where you're at yeah yeah and I just think the customized approach has been a big contributor to our success and like you know now I'm obviously wearing more of the the sales hat but I would just add to that that meeting people where they're at and this the idea of growing together but I've also learned to set very realistic expectations. Like I don't want somebody to think that if they just buy, you know, just a website that all of a sudden the phone's going to ring off the hook. There's all these other, other parameters to it, but. Yeah. Same with video. Like you can't just buy a full, like a video production, like a commercial from us and then not deploy it anywhere. Like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you have to actually have a strategy behind it. Like, what are you going to do with that video besides posting it on your social media and putting it on your website and expecting it to do something, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip that question. Oh, here's a good one. What role does content marketing play in a successful digital strategy? Ooh. I, knew, I don't know if we have enough time. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. you'd be the person <laughs> to answer that question. Um, well, there's a saying in, in the, the impact of content marketing, I think, is larger than it's ever been. I mean, in fact, it's a, that's why you and I are having a podcast right now for, for content marketing. Um, but I think the approach to content marketing has, it needs to evolve and, and the way people deploy it, they need to rethink their content strategy. So we used to say for a long time in the marketing world that content is king. My belief has evolved to now where I believe that community is king. And what that means is that we can't just be putting out content and assuming 
that there's going to be engagement and interactions and adding value and things like that. We now actually have to participate with the content. Um, I, I tell our clients all the time, if, if one of your goals is more engagement on your social pages, then you need to engage more. You need to be, you know, liking and commenting and, and things like that. Um, the other factor when it comes to, to the content side of things is truly adding value. Um, you know, it, it used to be for a long time that we could get away with posting a bunch of stock images on social media with, you know, canned captions and a hashtag strategy and grow our audiences that way. Algorithms have changed quite a bit, but more importantly, consumer behavior has changed quite a bit to where now the only content that's going to work is authentic content that, and we, we tell people all the time from a, a content marketing perspective, we pretty much have three options. We can either educate, entertain, or inspire. The last thing we want to do through our content marketing is sell stuff. Um, nobody's, you know, on, on social media or reading blogs or consuming YouTube content with the intention of being sold to. They want to be either entertained, educated, or inspired. Um, so I think that content marketing is more important than it's ever been with the caveat that the way we use it has to evolve and we have to think about it more intentionally, more authentically, um, and more of a creating more of a community rather than just, you know, posting content out and crossing our fingers and, and hoping that, hoping that somebody will find it. I could talk about that for hours, but that's kind of the cliff notes, cliff notes answer to the, the content marketing side of things. Yeah. I think you nailed it. My turn, huh? Yep. Um, well, you touched on it, so I'm going to have you elaborate on it a little bit more. How important is video in oh. a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in an entire marketing strategy? Tell, tell me about how video plays into a full funnel strategy and the importance of it. So actually video falls into every single stage of the customer buying experience. And so that's like uh, brand awareness. And then it goes into, um, God, I can't, it's like brand awareness. And then it's uh, um, interest and then it's intent and research. And then it's like actual conversion. And then it goes into a retention. I think I skipped a stage in that. I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, but anyway, so like different types of video, like, um, is really good for that buying strategy. So like we'll do a full form like commercial 30 seconds and that will be used for YouTube or um, streaming TV or pre-roll video. And then we will actually format that. We'll cut it down into different sizes so that it's relevant. So it's a real size on social media. And I, when I do meta ads like Instagram and Facebook, I actually ask for a 1080 by 1350 and a 1080 by 1920 because those are the best performance and those are like what are going to fit perfectly into the sizes of ads that Facebook and Instagram serve. Um, so you have to make sure you have the right format for sure. Um, but going into like the impact of video, uh, regardless of what stage you're in the buying um, experience or whatever it might be, um, We've found that, like I said, reels do so much better for Facebook and Instagram ads and TikTok ads. 
um, that like because it matches what people are already seeing in their feed, they're just engaged better. But we were doing stills for a client recently, just still ads um, showcasing his work and um, we we were like okay let's let's kind of like test this a little bit and so chase our account manager was like let's do like a value add video for this client or just like kind of get get some of his, him in action and so we did like a short 15 second reel and compared it to the still ads and it actually increased by 300% like engagement um more clicks like everything like it increased by 300% just just by changing the creative to video just by changing the creative all of the targeting stayed the same like the copy stayed the same we just changed the creative and he actually got a ton of conversions from that as well like because we built a landing page for him instead of using his regular website so that it's just like straight up like let's gather leads and um we found a huge increase in clicks conversions click through rate everything um it was pretty powerful um and i see that all the time and so when i run ads on social media i i make sure that they're vertical format i only run horizontal if i have to like if for some reason like the client gave it to us and it didn't work to put it in vertical format but um it's just so powerful when it matches what people are already consuming. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love video too, because you can get so much messaging into such a short amount of time. You know, you can show and tell what you're trying to convey, where if you're using just a static image, you, you know, try to have graphics or text or whatever it might be. But I love the, love the case study of, you know, the increase of 300% by just switching to video and not having, changing nothing else. I mean, that right there speaks to the speaks to the power of video. And I think we all know it, you know, when we're consuming information online anyway, nowadays, I don't know the exact stat, but my guess would be 80% or more is video consumption. So anyway, yeah, powerful to see how that, how it impacts the, the advertising side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. What are the most effective digital marketing channels for businesses today? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Full funnel. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, you. well, you talked about the, it. I say it jokingly, but I sincerely mean it. Um, The sum of its parts becomes greater than its whole. And you had talked a little bit about full funnel strategies and the customer buying cycle. Mm -hmm. And for anybody listening, the strategies that we, we try to have when we're working with our clients is we, you know, for us and our clients, it's a sales funnel for them. We're usually tasked with lead generation, selling a product, driving foot traffic, you know, whatever it might be, making the phone ring, um, which for most intents and purposes is a, is a sales funnel. But we like to kind of flip that on its side. And instead of thinking of it as a sales funnel, we like to map out their customer buying journey. And what that does is it forces us to rethink what we're telling people when and how, um, because there are people that are exhibiting behavior online that are, that is indicative of the fact that they're in the market for the product or service. Um, and so all of that to say, if you're a business owner and you're looking for one tactic, you need to consider where it falls in the buying cycle. So for example, we have a lot of business owners that, you know, we're drawn to a a simple Google AdWord campaign. 
which on paper makes a lot of sense. It's your low funnel tactic. It's people that are actively in the market for what we're looking for, probably going to get some results out of, out of that. However, if you look at it beyond that and think about how we can kind of nurture conversations with, with potential customers and guide them through the buying cycle. Um, like for example, what we found is businesses that run targeted programmatic display campaigns alongside paid search campaigns. Um, the cost per click goes down on their paid search campaigns, their click through rates go up, their conversion rates go up. Um, and so it, the answer really is all of them. We were having yesterday a, a quarterly review meeting with, with one of our A clients, and they had recently done a push with some streaming TV advertising. Um, and it, it's not part of their normal strategy. They had rolled it out just for the winter months because that's when they have higher demand for their, for their products. And uh, I was looking at their reporting for their display campaign, and their click-through rate had gone up 95%. And, or clicks had gone up 95%, click-through rate had gone up like 80% or something. But anyway, the, there was a huge uptick in performance on their display campaign. So I was asking Chase, I'm like, what did we do different? Did we change targeting? Did we update creatives, you know, whatever. And what we realized is that we didn't do anything different on the display campaign, but we had introduced the video campaign mm -hmm. alongside of it. So a good example of how one thing impacts the other and the fact that they were running the video campaign actually made their display campaign perform better and then their paid search campaign perform better and, and all of it. So when you're thinking about it, if you can, the sum of its parts becomes greater than its whole. And the return on investment when you kind of introduce a full funnel strategy is not dollar for dollar. It's, it's, it becomes exponential. So when possible for clients, you know, we, we want to do a full funnel strategy. Obviously, with in-depth conversations, we can narrow it down if, if needed, but there's the, the joking answer of all of it, but also the sincere answer of, <laughs> yeah. of all of it. Um, cool. So I want to hear about the significance of, we call it UX for anybody listening. That means the user experience on, on websites and how it relates to, to digital marketing. Yeah. I mean, and I can, I guess I could get like a little in depth with that. So, um, there are some like there are some like frustrating things for clients like navigation isn't easy like maybe buttons aren't working or um like the site speed like the load time is taking forever um people don't like that if your site doesn't load within like two to five seconds which two seconds let me like mind you is the seo best practices like your site should load within two seconds um for like increased seo like uh, like for that algorithm but um if it's not loading between like two to five seconds someone's going to bounce easy like they they don't want to deal with that they don't want to deal with uh broken buttons they don't want to like links all of that stuff and so you have to make sure that your your site is healthy for technical seo as like for that but for ux experience that's like the buying like so when you spend all this money in advertising um, what's the point of bringing them to a website that doesn't push someone into the conversion cycle or to gather that lead or whatever it might be? I've come to, I've come to several websites where the beginning of the website doesn't even like take you to the products you're selling or to put like has a contact like button right there or maybe your phone number at the top, like a click to call. Um, and so 
those sites don't perform very well and that's why you don't get leads and that's why we do like a lot of landing pages that are just like quick information of like why you should buy or why you should uh, get a quote or whatever it might be and then it's like every single section there's a there's a call to action there's a button there that pushes the user into like filling out a form or giving you a call or whatever whatever buy this product um so that for the ux experience it's definitely just making sure that it's like clear cut easy for people to get what they want like right away because we're living in a fast-paced world like no one wants to mess around with just reading a ton of copy which Mind you, copy is perfect for SEO, fresh, relevant content on your pages. You definitely need that. Um, but you want it to be like relevant. You want it to push people into that buying cycle, into actually like, okay, this this is a trustworthy website. This is like easy to navigate. This is easy to get what I need out of this. So, Would you say that if a business owner is wondering why their marketing is maybe not working as well as it should or, you know, they're getting the reporting back from their agency and they're seeing these click-through rates and you know the these what we call kind of vanity metrics and and stuff but they're not getting leads is the place that they should analyze first the experience on their own website yeah and we 100% like when we have successful campaigns and we're like what is happening um it usually comes down to what's happening on the website and that's why we have analytical tools like Google Analytics we've used Hotjar before um like all like Google Tag Manager can track button clicks like all of those things but um it's definitely that and we find that in our strategy like we go to people's websites first thing when we're doing research just to see what's happening there and we'll give our best recommendation when we present them with a proposal. Hey, you need a new website or we need to take over your website for hosting so that we can make some some significant changes to make sure that people are actually getting what they need from your site and you're getting what you need from your customers. So um, I definitely recommend looking at your website before you start any advertising. There's been times where we've paused advertising because we need to make sure the website is ready to go before we put all of that money into it. Yeah, it matters. It does, definitely. (laughs) All right. How do you identify and target the right audience for a particular campaign? So when it comes to identifying and targeting an audience for any campaign, I like to think of it in three main three main categories. Question number one is who are we talking to? Question number two is what are we telling them? And question number three is where are we telling it? Um, so through conversations with my clients, we usually get some insight into who their ideal customer is. But more than that, we've got to understand the things that those customers identify with, the subcultures involved with, with you know their their target audience, um, the type of content that they're consuming, and things like that. Who the ultimate decision maker is. Um, but if we think about those three main things, who are we talking to? What are we telling them? And where are we telling it? What it does is it helps us understand the audience. For example, there are certain audiences that you know you have to use different verbiage with, or they'll tell they can tell if you're not authentic or part of part of that subculture or or that brand. Um, Seth Godin has a, a saying that people like us do things like that, um, and 
kind of this idea of micro influence and and these tight knit communities. Um, and so we look at what makes that up. Um, the other thing I tell people all the time is we care about to whom our ads are served more so than where they're served. So for example, we could be working with a, a I don't know, a, you know, a insurance company that's, it's, it's open enrollment or they're working on, you know, health insurance for people. And I don't really care if that gets served on Fox news or CNN or anything in between, what I care about is that the person that sees the ad is in the market for the service that they're offering, has shown behavior online that says that they're they're in the market for it. Um, and there's a lot of powerful ways that we can create the targeting elements. Um, luckily, we have access to a whole bunch of really great and powerful data with the type of content people are consuming, people's search behavior, um, and then also physical, you know, location-based targeting. Or we have a, a purchase behavior, purchase too, behavior. Like based off of credit cards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and one of the cool things is the location-based targeting side of things. We've got a, a client that um, their their target audience was the the LGBTQ community, um, and so we geofenced pride events and basically got you know device ID data from pride events all over the country because we knew that there was a high concentration of their target audience at those events. So there's a lot of ways that we can gather the, the targeting elements and the, and the data behind it. But the guiding thoughts are those three things. Who are we talking to? What are we telling them? And where's the best place for us to, for us to, to talk to them? Yeah. My turn. Um, Pick an easy one. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pick the hard ones so you don't ask me the hard ones. Um, talk to me about how a business can optimize their website for search engine rankings. And I think it'd be cool to think about it in terms of how a business owner, like, you know, things that an actual, without hiring an agency, things that a business owner can do to, to help pump their SEO. Yeah. So um, search engine optimization is a beast. It, it definitely is. Um, there's a lot of components that go into the algorithm and there are different types of SEO. So there's local SEO, there's organic SEO, there's technical SEO. Um, and so we definitely have to keep in mind all of those things. Um, I guess for a business owner, it's making sure that you do some keyword research before you start writing the copy for your website. You don't want to do keyword stuffing because that's black hat SEO that's frowned upon. You'll get your site shut down by Google. It'll be flagged. Um, but you want to make sure that you have relevant keywords in your headings, like your H1 and H2 headings, because that's what Google's going to see. I use this example all the time. Like we had an electrician, um, company or like electrician and uh he had um one of his sections names was lighting and it's like okay what about lighting like google's gonna index that and be like okay they sell lighting fixtures or like just think about the possibilities with just the word lighting like it was not in depth like it should say lighting electrical services or something like that you know where google can actually read it it's a computer at the end of the day it's not a consumer it's not a person like it's not going to know exactly what you're talking about so you have to make sure you have the proper headings you have the right keywords in all of your content and then you have um 
relevant copy that's educational, that's trustworthy, that's going to resonate with your audience. Um, It's recommended that you have at least 400 words on each page of your website, um, just so Google to index it and to help with your SEO. Um, It's also recommended to have fresh and relevant copies. So you want to make sure that you're updating your website at least on a monthly basis. And that's why blogs are still relevant. Um, Everyone thinks that blogs have died or whatever it might be, but actually having fresh relevant copy or content going to your website on a monthly basis is boosting your SEO. And it's actually making it to where you're popping up on the search results, um, whether some like in an educational way, I guess. Um, And so that's really helpful. There's a lot of technical SEO, like putting um, alt text to your images, making sure you have a description, like all of that, just being ADA compliant pretty much. Like, because if someone's going onto your website, they might not be able to like see the picture or whatever it might be. So you want to make sure that you describe it to them. Um, let's see, having look like, okay, this, this piece is the worst, but it's like basically SEO is PR. So it's link building. Um, so you want to make sure that you are listed on other websites as well and other online directories. Um, we have a low form SEO product for local SEO where it's called Power Listings, where we list um, we list businesses on up to 70 online directories. And that helps like build backlinks so that it leads customers back to your website. And it also helps with boosting your SEO. Um, For local SEO, having a Google business profile is the biggest piece. It's 30, I think it's 37% of the local SEO algorithm now. Um, Reviews is 17%. Um, These might be outdated um, numbers, by the way. I haven't looked at it in a while, but um, like 17% for reviews. Um, Having that profile completely filled out, like fully descriptive, um, just where like there's nothing else you can do is a huge piece. It actually gives you like a ranking like on Google business profiles. It will say like your profile is 100% complete or 90% complete. So just make sure that's completely filled out. Um, That will help tremendously. Um, And like I said, customer reviews as well. Um, Having a Google business profile is actually having like another website. Um, When people search locally with um, geo-modified terms, the Google business profile is going to pop up first and you want to make sure that's perfectly complete so that you're in that three pack on the search results. The whole point of digital marketing and SEO, whatever whatever tactic you're doing is to dominate that first page of the search results. Because if you're not on the first page, no one's going to go to your website. Like I think it's like 58% of people are like that are on the first page are going to get the business, you know. So no one goes to the second page. I don't remember the last time I went to the second page. Um, That's but, like the old joke. If you yeah. want to hide a dead body, do it on the second page of Google. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So like the whole point is dominating that space though, right? So having a sponsored ad, like a Google ad at the very top, popping up for the the search results or even having a snippet of like what people are looking for, which you do by like 
um, putting on your website. Like you can create snippets on your website to like popular where Google will index it and post it for you. Um, but and then having yeah local search results. You're in the three pack, and then your uh, website is popping up first on the organic search results, and then your social media pages are popping up as well because you're dominating that space because you're putting fresh and relevant content out there on your website, on your local SEO, like on your Google business profile, on your social media pages, and you're putting some ad spend into like the sponsored ads as well. Um, yeah, like there, I could go on and on like I've <laughs> on SEO and it's, it's so much, but um. It's important to do what you can with at least making sure that your copy is relevant, making sure you have the right keywords on your website, making sure the headings are accurate um, so that a computer can read them. And then um, I do want to point out that just having a website isn't going to do anything for you. And like our websites come with like a little bit of basic SEO, but a lot of people expect for their website just to be indexed by Google right away. It takes time. It could take months for Google to index a website actually. Um, and SEO is a completely different product. So I just want to make sure we're all, all on the same page with that. <laughs> it's like, uh, Corey, our web developer says often, unfortunately, we're not in the world of build it and they will come, you know, we have to build it, market it, and then they will come. You can't just, uh, you know, build the, build a website and assume that, that a bunch of traffic is going to come there, but that's very helpful. And I think for anybody listening, start with writing a blog low-hanging fruit right there go to google google yourself see how your google business profile shows up make sure you're listed on online directories for some backlinks and you know a heck of a start doing something is a whole lot more than than doing nothing yeah definitely we can um do free audits for clients as well um i i like doing a deep dive and seeing like just giving some some small tips and tricks like where you can improve that or you can just pay us to do it so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you're keeping track of the questions because I've already lost track. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How do you determine the budget required for a digital marketing campaign? So when I'm going through the process with my clients, I actually intentionally don't talk about budget. And I tell them that, you know, very, very openly. Um, mostly because I don't want to, I don't want to prevent ourselves from finding great opportunities because I'm trying to build a plan to a budget. So what I like to do is build a plan that I genuinely think is best for a client and then work our way back towards a budget if necessary. Um, cause there's a lot of things and it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier with a full funnel strategy and the sum of its parts becoming greater than its whole. But we have to look at a lot of different factors. One of the biggest ones I look at is share of voice. So what that tells us is how big our, tar our target audience is. And with our budget, what percent of the time will we be presented to that target audience? Because we have competitors that are advertising there. We have other ads, you know, other, other things that are always competing for the space. So the first thing is, is we definitely want to make sure we have a strong share of voice. Um, so much so that I will tell clients if the budget's too small, we're better off not spending it at all and keeping that in our pocket, waiting till we can spend enough to actually, actually make an impact. 
Um, beyond that, we're also looking at things like cost per clicks and bid strategies when it comes to our, our paid search campaigns. Um, Google gives us some recommended budgets based on search volume and keyword pricing and things like that. So we get to use some insight from, from tools like, like Google to, to recommend the budget. Um, cause what you don't want to do is for example, have your budget set so low that if somebody clicks on your ad once, you know, then you don't show up for the rest of the day. There's this fine line between having a healthy enough budget that we can actually make an impact versus, you know, obviously wasting money. We never, we never want to do that. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of factors that, that come into play, but really what we're looking at is what is the demand for our product? How big is the audience and what's the level at which we know we can at least be, at least be in the mix. You know, we never, we don't necessarily always recommend budgets that are, are high enough to just be totally dominating because for most realistically for most small business owners, that's, that's out of, out of the question, but enough to make sure that, that we're making an impact and having a healthy enough balance so that, so that it works. Yeah. And I also want to point out that there's industry trends too. So like, um, maybe you're like a winter focused business. And so you would want your budget to maybe fluctuate a little bit. You don't want to stop advertising at all, but maybe have a lower budget in like your um, slower months or, and then start to ramp up before your season even starts. Like I would recommend like two, two to one, like one to two months before your season even starts to get people start to think about it and then like ramp it up full season. Um, we've seen that a lot with our customers and we started doing like fluctuating budgets just to make sure that we're following those industry trends and competing with when competitors increase their budget as yeah. well. So, and it, cause it can change quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've found that for sure. <laughs> um, let's talk about AI a little bit. Mm, okay. I'll do my best. <laughs> How can businesses leverage chatbots and AI in their digital marketing strategies? Yeah. Um, so like I've mentioned it before, ad copy for um which at gpt is really helpful because it knows the algorithms of all social media and the internet in general and what people are engaging with um so ad copy is a huge one um i i think like using chat gpt for blogs or at least like some inspiration for blogs is really helpful you have to be careful that it's not plagiarized but there's other tools you can use so you can you can have chat gpt like prompt it to write a blog for your business to save time and efficient like be efficient like i'm all for that um and then you can rewrite it yourself or you can use tools to rewrite it for you to make sure that it's not plagiarized or like that it's like completely kosher online and it's your own original work i i don't see anything wrong with that um we we write our we have a content specialist but um so we don't write blogs with it but um i do use ad i use chat gpt for ad copy like because i know that it's for sure going to work yeah how about chatbots oh chatbots yeah um so uh, chatbots on the website is actually really great. It's a great personal touch. And so um, 
your business or your website is working for you 24 hours a day. Um, And so you want to make sure that your website is responsive no matter what time of day it is when someone is coming to your website and trying to get information. And so when someone fills out a chat bot, it's really helpful because it does give that personal touch and that's what people want. And so it's like, okay, I like hi, how are you? Like, what's your name? And then it collects all of this lead data so that you can follow up first thing in the morning if it's like 12 a.m. or something, you know. Um, And it makes sure that people are still getting customer service even though it's not working hours. So chatbots definitely recommend. Um, We have several clients that have them and they they for sure work. We have it on our website too and love it. Um, They're I think it's really important to have different avenues for people to get a hold of you, whether it's a chat bot, whether it's a form film, or they can call. Um, so just make sure that you have different ways. Like, because for me, I hate phone calls. <laughs> like, I don't like calling people, but I would love to fill out a form and get more information or f- chat with someone. Like, I chat with DirecTV all the time, like, or not DirecTV, but um, Spectrum yeah. all the time, you <laughs> know, like, because I don't want to talk to a customer service representative um and then um lastly uh there's ai for like creatives as well and um sometimes they look really distorted and stupid like if you get like the real if you want like a real life version of it um depending um but i found that like the like computer like the animation stuff is really really cool um like I'm building that that website for us for the marathon and using like the AI generated like animated stuff like matches our brand better like the colors and everything and it makes a website just like pop and it's really cool um so I think that all of this stuff is just making sure that you're always having touch points with your clients and making sure you're in line with algorithms and making sure that you're saving your time and being efficient. Like being a business owner is hard, super hard. And even when Ben and I were like first starting out, we were pushing out all of our content. Like Ben was doing video, like tips and tricks videos and like Um, editing them like himself and then I was writing blogs and doing all this stuff like and it's just it's you don't not everyone has time for that Um, and hopefully you don't have time for that and your business is thriving but you still have to make sure that you're putting content out there to stay stay relevant with your customer base and a lot of people never talk like there's a sixth stage of the customer buying cycle and it's it's retention and how do you retain your clients you stay relevant you push out content on a regular basis so that they are likely to come and buy from you again and also refer you so yeah yeah the chatbot side of it just a quick anecdote we've got the chatbot on our website and we also have a form fill and you know opportunities to call us and all of that good stuff i don't have the exact numbers but my my impression is is that our chatbot is used probably three times more frequently than our normal form fill and i think for a few reasons one is it feels like you're talking to a human so it feels interactive and you know engaging and things like that the other thing I think, though, is that it's non-committal because it's one question at a time. It's like, hey, what's your name? What can I help you with? Whereas a form fill, somebody has to sit down and fill out the entirety of it. And it, I, I feel like there's some perception that maybe that's a little bit a little bit daunting. So anyway, the idea of the you know using a chat bot or something similar to secure leads once people are on the website, we've seen it work in practice with us in a, in a huge way. 
and I think for for some of those reasons. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What role does customer reviews and testimonials play in digital marketing? Ooh. <laughs> Social evidence is powerful. Um, you know, and that idea of being a part of a community and people like us doing things like this, that, that whole adage that we talked about earlier, a customer telling people how great you are is 10 times more powerful than you telling people how great you are. Um, so there's always a, there's always two audiences when it comes to digital marketing. There's always the algorithm, you know, Google audience, and then there's also the real human audience. Reviews and testimonials are a great way to talk to both of those audiences. Google loves it from an algorithmic standpoint. It's building credibility with your business. It's showing Google that, you know, you are who you say you are. You're an authority in the, in the industry, all of that good stuff. So it'll help with your search rankings and showing up and, and all that. More importantly, the real audience, the human audience, is going to see reviews and testimonials as social proof. One of my favorite things that we've been doing lately for clients are testimonial montage videos. And basically what we do is we go and we interview past clients or past customers on behalf of our business and get a feel for them what it was like working with them. What was their favorite parts of it? You know, get, give me the, the essence of, of what their experience was. And then we piece it all together into these really powerful testimonial montage edits. And what I think is great about it is that you're hearing one message from five or six different people. And so there's this instant level of real credibility because we're getting authentic responses from, from people. Um, there's fluctuations in their voice that you would never get if you scripted it. There's authenticity and sincerity behind going about it that way. Um, and I think it, I, I, there's an argument that, that testimonials and reviews might be the most important thing for a business. Um, cause we can tell people how great we are all we want. Once someone else tells somebody how great we are so much more, so much more powerful. So definitely got to keep testimonials and reviews a, a top priority for those two reasons, algorithm, but more importantly, the, the human audience. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's talk about reporting. ROI, return on investment, is what I'm doing working. How can businesses analyze the effectiveness of their marketing, the return on investment with their marketing, and give us some tips and tricks for, for any business owner listening that how can they maybe look at, at current efforts and get a pulse on, on the effectiveness of it? Yeah, I mean, first off, I'll point out that if you're not getting reporting from your current agency, there's a huge issue right there. So, um, but basically what we do with any advertising campaign, we place a tracking pixel on the on in the header of every single page on your website so that we and then we set up event tracking, um, whether it might be beta, Meta or Google Ads or whatever, TikTok, whatever it is. Um, we set up event tracking so we can see like we figure out what what are the call to actions that the business owner wants. Like, is it phone calls? Is it um, like a form fill, a lead form that's on um, Meta or Google Ads? Because you can do that like in ad like form um, and collect leads that way. 
And so we we set up those events and then we can actually see um, we can see the impression the amount of impressions we can see the clicks um, on the ad to go to your landing page or your website and then we can also see the click-through rate which is a huge indicator for me that the the creatives are working um, and then we can actually see the conversions that are happening how many phone calls did you get um, how many leads did you get through your your form fill um, and that type of thing a huge um, a huge uh, tracking metric that right now is um return on ad spend which is really cool so you can find out like this really this works more for um like e-commerce websites but you can find out how many sales you got how much revenue you got from those ads but then you can also take the ad spend and divide the ad spend by the revenue that you received and that's the return on investment so like you'll you'll do that times 100 and that like you'll get you'll get a number out of that that's a huge indicator that you're actually getting an ROI like return on investment like you're you're making sure that your advertising is actually benefiting and getting you revenue um so when I meet with clients I like to know what what how do you want customers to come to you um I also like I I need to ask this more is like how much are your services like what if you were to average your services how much is that because you can track the value of it like I just said with ROAS um and then um just making sure that all of those numbers are in line with what they want um we send out reporting on a monthly basis I'm a little behind this month but um we send it out and it's actually a real human sending out your reporting so that if you do have questions you can respond to the email and we'll answer them and we also have quarterly review meetings as well so that we can go over like what our strategies are making sure that we're in line with what's happening and we can actually track our efforts beyond the when someone comes to the website um I install a lot of like website and like Google Analytics is a huge indicator to me like what the behavior is what user behavior is happening on your website um if like what the bounce rate is um what how like the session time is um what pages did people interact with the most um what demographics did they have are they in your target audience that type of thing so Um, there's so much to it, but working with an agency, we can explain it to you and we can actually get into the nitty gritty and making sure that like people are buying from you or you're getting your, you're getting quality leads and then, uh, going from there. And that's why we like to communicate with our customers on a regular basis so that we can make sure that our efforts are actually coming into fruition, you know, we all want the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like we want your, your business to grow. So um, it's good to talk to you and be like, okay, did you actually get applicants for this job? Or did you actually, did people actually call you for your services? Um, and so it's just making sure that we're communicating so that we're in line. Yeah. Yeah. Great answer. Thanks. So it kind of went on a tangent, but, <laughs> um, we've probably already covered this, but how can businesses build and nurture a strong online community? Add value, educate, entertain, inspire, um, engage with people. So one of the things I think businesses overlook is at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create an online community. Um, and what is a community? My personal definition of a community is active participation 
amongst all members. You know, if you think about a real life community, for it to be a community, people are contributing, people are, you know, participating and creating this, this idea of a community. And then you take that concept and you apply it to the digital space. The caveat, the, the difference maker is, is active participation. I see business owners all the time with comments on their social media that they never responded to, or, you know, people that, that have liked it and, you know, they're not going in and requesting them to follow their page or following them back or, or whatever it might be. Um, there's a huge opportunity there because what that means is somebody is actively asking to be a part of your community. And, you know, I think, and the, in there's, there's a whole lot of psychological reasons there, but generally speaking, humans, real humans, we're struggling right now. Loneliness is at an all time high depression, anxiety. I mean, like all these things. And meanwhile, we're more connected than ever. And my personal belief is that people are desperate for authentic connections to really be a part of a community. And as brands, I think if we took a step back and realized how important that is, how powerful that can be, not from like a, you know, sleazy sales perspective, but from an actual value add impacting lives, creating a community perspective, it's right there. All it takes is intentionality and real work from a business owner. Um, I was, I was dropping my kids off at school the other day and a local business owner was parked behind me and I didn't know who she was. I see her every day. And one day she said, Hey, are you're, you're Ascent digital. I love your guys' stuff. It's so motivating. It's so inspiring. Like, you know, thank you. And I thanked her very sincerely for telling me that in person because it meant a ton to me to hear that the things that we're putting out is impacting someone. But then what I did is I made it a point to go and follow them on social media and they're not a client. Start liking their posts, engaging with them because there's these overlaps of a real life community and a digital community. And at the end of the day, people buy from people. We want to feel good about the purchases we're making. We want to feel good about the businesses we're supporting. We want to feel good about the community that we're a part of. And there are there is so much untapped potential for business owners to invite people into their community, share their message, participate back. So remember that, you know, the, the end goal is to build an online community. What makes a community? active participation amongst all members. So as a business owner, you've got to start participating too. But when you do, it can be incredibly powerful. Well said. Wow. Mic drop. I'm yeah, just right. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> oh, my turn. Um, ooh, let's talk about retargeting. And in fact, so the question is, is how can a business effectively use retargeting? Before you answer that, will you explain the difference between targeting and retargeting? Yes. And uh, targeting looks different on different platforms, whether you're doing display ads, uh, for, like video market, video ads, social media, whatever it might be. 
Um, but targeting is basically picking behavioral interests, dem demographics, and geographic uh, targeting aspects um, to make sure that we're getting in front of your ideal customer or your ideal audience. Um, and then retargeting is serving ads to people that have already engaged with your ads previously, come to your website, or um, there's also search retargeting. So like people that search for specific keywords online, we can actually serve them. Like if we're, if we're, if those are part of our target, our search retargeting aspects, like those keywords, then we can serve them with a banner ad, with a display ad um, to get in front of them and keep them in that interest like it, when they're making that decision make decision where they're comparing you to your competitors you're still popping up and staying relevant um so there's but um site retargeting is really huge because I don't know if you I use this example all the time like you're shopping for a pair of shoes online you put them in the cart and then you go to go check the news and you're like kind of still making your decision you're not quite sure if you're gonna buy those shoes or whatnot you have like a full closet full so um and then you're like looking on cnn or msn at the news i don't know if those are quality news sites but i just see them out there um and uh you see that pair of shoes like in a banner ad right next to the content you're viewing um that's gonna keep you interested that's gonna keep it top of mind and so retargeting is a huge huge aspect um on social media um you can you can uh retarget people that have engaged with your ad with your page with your website whatever it might be um and put them in like a bucket so you can have people that have purchased from you um you can like build a bank of people that have already purchased from you or you can build a bank of people that have um that have engaged with your stuff but haven't actually purchased from you and continue to serve them ads by retargeting those people um but with the purchase stuff like you can actually build a look-alike audience based off of those people and target people that look exactly like the buyers so that's really cool that's not really retargeting but i just had to throw that in there because it's really really cool people like us do things like this <laughs> exactly um but uh retargeting is in, in the uh lower funnel um of the customer buying journey and so it's it's actually a must it's you have to because it's continuing to keep yourself top of mind, building that trust with the consumer so that eventually they come around to buying from you because um, a lot of people don't just see something and then buy. Like they need to be retargeted. There's been plenty of, I shop all, <laughs> all the time on Instagram because I'm like, oh, that's a really cool product and I'll go and look at the price and I'll be like, okay, I, I don't know if this is if I should buy this or quite yet, but then I continue to get retargeted. And I'm like, okay, well, I kind of want that, and I've been pondering about it. I'm interested, like all of those things, and then eventually I buy. So, um, always stay top of mind, and retargeting is part of that journey. And so, and I do want to point out that display advertising falls in every single aspect of the customer buying journey because of that retargeting piece. So, um, it's a it's a very powerful product when done right. Yeah. So. Before we wrap, I want to ask you a, just a couple questions that aren't on the list. Okay. Tell me your favorite part about running an agency, your favorite part about the work that you do. Yeah. Um, so control. <laughs> I, I like doing things right and uh, providing quality and value to our clients. Um, 
what we've done here building this agency is a huge accomplishment and I'm very proud of it. We've helped so many people in our in our community and we've also employed people. We've we've contributed to the economy and it's just it's something to be proud about. Um, but I really do. I like helping businesses grow. I like problem solving. Um, I've built the entire operations of our agency, and I think it's so cool to find the tools that work for our processes and procedures when when executing for clients. And it, it's been it's been a learning curve. Boy, has it! Like I can't talk right now. But um, so I just think that it's providing value to customers and helping their businesses grow and learning as much as possible about digital marketing and the trends and what we need to be doing and uh, strategizing. So. What about you, though? You have to answer that. I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can say it better than I did. No, my <laughs> impact. My favorite part has been the impact. Um, impact that we've made on businesses, impact that we've made on our lives, impact that we've made on economies, employees, things like that. Uh, extremely proud of building something that has made an impact a real impact on, on people. Um, that, and then the, the close second to it is the relationships that we've built. I'm super excited and proud of the fact that I've kind of become the, the guy who knows the guy. Um, so in my network of friends, I'm, I'm the guy that everybody asks for, you know, referrals and recommendations or who should they use for this business or that service or whatever. Um, and so it's really fun cause I feel like I'm connected to a lot of people and, um, a part of a, a part of a community that I can send referrals and, you know, be resourceful for, for other people too. Um, but the biggest one by far is impact. I think that we live in a really cool world. I, I can't think of a more fulfilling way to make a living than, than the way we're making a living because the way we're making money is by making other people make money. We're growing by helping other businesses grow. And that is so fulfilling to know that the better they all do, the better we're going to do, um, which is great. It's incredibly stressful. Don't get me wrong. Pressure is, you know, it, there's, there's all of the complexities that come with it. But um, knowing that the more value we add to the world, the more valuable our lives become is about the coolest way to make a living that I can, that I can think of. So last question. Okay. Advice that you would give and, and I, to frame it up, I think that you and I now, we get to be better marketers. We get to be better, you know, agency liaisons because we also own a business and we most of the time work with business owners and things like that. So it's a two-part question, but one would be how your perspective of a business owner has impacted the way you work with other business owners. And then the second part of, to that question would be advice that you would give to a business owner on, you know, the roller coaster ride that is that is business ownership. Ooh. Okay. Um, so I think the main piece of that is we can relate to other business owners because we did it ourselves. We've been through the roller coaster of business ownership and the ups and like so many ups and downs. Um and we've marketed our business organically. Um there's only been a few times like that we've, well, actually, like, so we've marketed our agency organically by um, putting so much content out there that's um, authentic, that's valuable, 
that motivates people. Um, and this has all been Ben. I mean, he's he's definitely pushed our our team, our content team, to continue to push things out. And we're actually increasing the amount of content we put out. We're going to do it daily now um, just because we have seen the value and how it's grown our business. Um, and so that's the advice that I would um, that I always give business owners. If you're going to do it yourself, if you're going to market yourself and you're not going to hire an agency to do it for you, then you need to make sure that you're consistently putting out content that's um, following that 80-20 rule where 20% is selling. Like, yes, you have to talk about your brand sometimes, um, but the rest of it is providing value that's engaging content, um, that's educating people, that's making them laugh or whatever it might be, but um, staying in line with your brand guidelines. If you don't have a strong brand, (laughs) then you're not going to make it at all. You have to be consistent with your brand, your your voice, uh, your colors, your fonts, like everything has to be consistent throughout everything that you're doing. Um, So staying consistent, pushing things out there on a regular basis, providing value. Um, What's your, what, what types of customers do you like to work with? Like I do that, that, um, I do that with realtors a lot because like as a realtor, how are you supposed to stand out? You have to find your, your thing. Um, And I've met with realtors like, oh, I love to work, like do VA loans. I love to work with veterans. And so it's like, okay, so then interview a veteran that you've sold a house to um, or like get a testimonial from them or do tips and tricks on how to approach a VA loan or like put out more like veteran specific content um, so that they know that that's your type of audience that you're trying to gather and you're going to grow that that community. Um, I had one like a realtor that I met with that likes to work with a Spanish speaking community because she was Spanish herself. And so I was like, okay, one fun thing that you could do is like teach Spanish like in your content like do like a word like through like a week or something and like teach that to people or like do interviews or like talk about like the Spanish culture or whatever it might be like it doesn't always have to be real estate specific like no one's gonna follow you if you're just posting houses all the time like you have to mix it up with like fun engaging content and whether it's not real estate real estate specific or not so um I just think finding what you're passionate about and putting that out there just like Ben has for our agency yeah because you're in business for a reason and you're probably passionate about your business you're probably an authority you probably know a whole lot about your business figure out what you're passionate about and and put it out there I love that yeah Brittany thanks so much for taking time sharing your expertise. Uh, I, I hope I teed it up well enough at the beginning, but for anybody listening, the opportunity to uh, you know learn and, and pick Brittany's brain is valuable because she does more in a day than most do in a week when it comes to digital marketing. Um, this won't be the last time that we did this, but I thought it was really fun to kind of do the popcorn uh, Q&A style. So thank you a ton for doing it. Thank you for the impact that you're making, not only on Ascent Digital, but on all of the businesses that we work with. Thanks for crushing it. Thanks for, uh, you know, having the attention to detail that I so desperately (laughs) lack. Um, And most importantly, thank you for for taking time to share some of your knowledge with people because I think that it's that it's super valuable. I appreciate it. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. All right.